Tyler Smiley. And I'm John Morrison. And this is the Rooted and Grounded podcast. Rooted and Grounded is a ministry of Lakewood Baptist Church that creates theological content to grow the church in our knowledge of God in order that we would grow in our love for Him and for our neighbor. Check out more, of course, if you like, and we would like you to, at rootedandgrounded.co. Hey, John. Uh, you're sounding great today, Tyler. Uh, I feel like this is crisp and clean, and my voice is now smooth as butter. That's how I would describe it. Smooth as butter. Got a brand new microphone. Well, and we should probably tell folks that you also got me a brand new microphone. You just didn't see fit to bring it to me. Uh, you sound the podcast. exact same. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the same microphone. I didn't get the smooth as butter microphone. You well, yeah. Well, you did get it. I just, you know, I didn't even cross my mind when I was getting mine set up. I should also bring John his. There it sits, right there. Didn't even cross my mind. It says something about you, doesn't it? It <laughs> says something about me. <laughs> I was just so excited. I've never had one of these before. This is really yeah, cool. Yeah, you look like a real professional. I'm expecting not only for you to sound better, but the quality of your content to really go up uh, I've, a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> it sh- this should immediately elevate the content as well as the audio itself. Now, I will say, in, in all seriousness, a lot of compliments I've heard about you and the the four weeks we've been in Galatians now. Man, this people is a are, great study. Uh, people are really appreciating the sermons. I mean, I think the whole study, but you know, I hear a lot about the sermons and how, uh, uh, yeah, how well you're doing. Oddly enough, I think your father really set this precedent. People give me a lot of credit when you preach well, and I'm like, I, I mean, I really, I really don't have anything to do with this anymore. I just sit in a room and talk. You should but, get a lot of credit. Uh, you, you, and uh, Benji and Kip and Seth and the whole crew. The whole crew. It's a it's a team effort. It really is a team effort, and I love sitting in on those meetings and just chatting and talking and hearing about the passage we're going to be preaching on or whatever's coming up that week. It's really helpful. I would like to know. I would like let the record show. I take minimal minimal credit for anything you say, and I will pass the buck entirely on you. Say, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Using Lord of the Rings references. Wasn't. Uh, do, yeah. Do you want to take credit for that idea? I do not. I do not. <laughs> Uh, my favorite comment on that was the shade someone threw at you saying, sounds like somebody who just watched the movies. Yeah. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that, that was, you know, I want to say a low blow, but I think it came from a place of deep love. Passion. Passion, passion for, Tolkien. for Tolkien. And, you know, I have read the books, and uh, but as it turns out, the books don't help with pronunciation because they're just words on paper. And that seemed to be the biggest frustration there with my was my pronunciation of some of the words. But I'm yeah. working on it. Uh, you mean you haven't taken Elvish online yet? That hasn't been. I mean, you got Greek, you got Hebrew, French, Latin. Elvish hasn't been there yet, huh? I haven't made that, made my way down that yeah. road yet. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. Probably not. <laughs> but you know, the last time we talked, we also talked about our listenership. Yes. And we're trying to get younger. Well, I mean, we love any age group. We, if you're out there, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll whoever this, you are, we'll edit this part out. Don't worry. Whoever you are, we would love for you to listen. Typical pastor is always like, 
let me just get younger. We got to get the young people. Oh. But it is, we have, we have heard reports, rumors and, uh, and stories of rumors that there may be a particular group of young ladies who are going to be in or have already begun listening in on the podcast and talking about it in their small group. So a shout out to all the 12th grade young ladies uh, from our student fusion group who are listening in. We're glad you're here. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. It's a great group. Great group. Glad to have them. Of course, also glad to have anybody listening. It's a miracle, really. I'm li- just remember, Tyler, I'm always listening. Whenever You're you always, speak, I listen. Thank you, brother. I tune Amen. in every week for this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Needed that. Needed that little pick-me-up. Yep. Especially as we're you. talking about Galatians. Uh, it's been a great series. You're right. It has. It's been a great series. It's been a great study. We're, we're uh, you know, we're knee-deep now in the book and uh, in our study guide. So this week, Galatians 2.17 is the topic of what we're talking about. It's what we preached on last and uh, just read about it. It's a good passage here. It's a strong passage. Yeah. When you read through this passage in Galatians, mm. what is it that most stands out in your mind as maybe a clear sort of uh, uh, clear explanation of what Paul is really getting at Ooh. in this writing? Two seventeen through three nine is what we're looking at with Galatians. I don't know if it's just because it's the most familiar verse, but I do feel like 2.20 is such a great summary of of this section because I feel like what Paul is doing here, he's just got done talking about how we're justified before God, how it's by grace through faith, it's the work of Christ in us, it's the work of his spirit. And then in 2.17 through 3.9, I feel like so much of it is now, well, how do you live? How do you live as one who's been justified? And it's the same thing. You live by grace through faith. It's the work of the Spirit in you. It's Christ in you uh, by his Spirit who's working. And so I just think 2.20 is such a great summary of that. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah, that I was going to say the same exact thing. I mean, this verse, and it's familiar, but I think it's familiar for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's because it's just, um, it, it really just, it covers so much ground. And there's so much going on in this one verse that I think it does, it starts to bring together a lot of what has already been argued so far. Talks about, um, I mean, you get everything from what Jesus did to the motivation for why he did it all impact in one verse. I mean, it's sort of like all captured there together. I mean, it really is. You could almost say if you had someone who didn't know about the Christian faith at all, but you could start here and go for days unpacking what it means, who Christ is, what he did, what he did, why he did it, what that means for me, how, how we now live in light of that. I mean, there's just, there's so much in this verse so much here. Yeah, I actually thought about for our Gospel for Life Bible study on Wednesday night, as we look at this section, I thought, you know, one thing we could do is just, we could just camp out in 220 for an hour. You're we really good. Like that. Yeah, you're really good. And 
And it also talks about the Christian life. I mean, yes. so the fact of living by faith is another, yes, one of the things that we really wanted to highlight and bring out in the sermon this mm-hmm. past week, but living by faith, I live by faith in the son of God as, as, as a great reminder to say, it's not just faith that starts the Christian life, but as a Christian, you're always living by faith. You're always dependent on God. You're always, your faith is always grounding you in uh, how to how to live and act and think and speak in the world around you. It all depends on the faith that we have in Christ, not just for that first birth of uh, new life that comes to the Christian, but their entire life is all That's done right. by faith. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that for me, that was been one of the the points that stood out the most through Galatians thus far is how Paul is. Yes, it's about justification. Yes, believe in Christ. But now he's writing to a church who has believed, who has been justified, right, to the churches in Galatia. These are believers. And he's reminding them to hold fast to the gospel, to keep living by faith, to keep believing and seeing that as really the key to the Christian life, mm-hmm. uh, which is in some ways can be so, so different from how I can think about it. I, sometimes I, I know I fall into the trap of thinking, okay, the Christian life begins by faith. I believe. And now, and once I believe, I just have to work hard and live that out. Yeah. And, and it's all up to me. Right. right. I believe that was by grace. Now this Christian life thing is, is by my strength and by my power. And tying with that, because you are, if nothing, not, wait, how do I want to say uh, You are in, preeminently the pastor of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, yeah. If, if not that, then nothing. No, wait. Yeah. What, wait. <laughs> how uh, do you I'm, say it so that it sounds like a compliment? <laughs> not just sounds like. I mean, it, I want it to be a compliment, just to be clear. <laughs> I, I'm really trying this new thing, Tyler. I'm trying not to be sarcastic all the time. I'm trying to okay. actually be genuine and heartfelt. It's that, that it's was been a real good. Challenge. That was a good run at it right there. Thank you, that, thank you. That, I don't sentences right there. I don't really know how to do it, but I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, Galatians three, two, three, four, and five are all okay. talking about the work of the Spirit. Yeah. Right. I mean, as we would understand salvation, right? The Spirit regenerates the spirit mm-hmm. births us anew right john john 3 unless yep. you are born of the spirit right That's this exactly. is the spirit's work to give us new hearts to regenerate us to to give us the second birth what what is paul talking about here because i think it's directly tied into this life of faith what is he talking about in here about the work of the spirit like how does the spirit work then in my in my life as a believer He's going to get to, let me start with saying what he's going to say later, because that will come into play. Mm-hmm. The next, when we have this, maybe the next podcast, we'll talk about it a little bit with the gift that the spirit is to those who are in Christ. Uh, and that, so he's, he's building to that in some ways, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or maybe he's getting to that because he's talking about this either way you look at it, but in three Galatians three and uh, two, three and four, He's still trying to prove his point, I think, that uh, a life of faith is really one that is the the power to accomplish the Christian life is uh, totally dependent and reliant on the Spirit himself. So, like, in other words, to fulfill what Paul has said in 2.20, the 
the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. The only way that you can you are empowered to live that kind of life because you're living it by faith and not your own works is if the Spirit is alive and working in you. So he says, let me, let me you know, let me let me show you, let me prove it to you in a different way. You believe that you were given new birth by the Spirit, right? And they would have all said, well, yes, of course we mm-hmm. believe that. We know that would mm-hmm. be true. And he says, well, if that's true, then do you think now the rest of your Christian life is going to depend on your own strength? Mm-hmm. Like if the Spirit did this in you, is suddenly the Spirit not able to do that in you? Is suddenly uh, your the rest of your Christian life now dependent on your own efforts? So he, he would say, certainly not. I mean, in fact, he would say, and does say, that would be foolish. That, which, by the way, I didn't talk about it a lot on Sunday, but you don't have to be not smart to be foolish. <laughs> I mean, there are. Let me say it another way. There are uh, loads of smart people who act foolishly. A lot of times, just because you're foolish, doesn't mean you're dumb. And so Paul says, "You're you're being foolish if you." Th- <laughs> If you that, that sounds like a, a Dr. Tomism. <laughs> you don't have to be dumb to be foolish. <laughs> Lots Look of smart that. people are foolish. It's true. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I just, just want to point out. Yeah, put that out. Put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. We'll call, that, oh, you know what? Hey, not gone but forgotten. That sounds like a Dr. Tylerism. Gotten but not gone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a funny one. So... You, you don't, here's what he's saying. You're foolish if you're thinking that the way that God started the Christian life in you is not the way that he's going to bring it to perfection mm-hmm. because he started something in you. And we know from other texts that which he started in us, he's going to bring to perfection. He'll complete. He's going to do that. And so how does he do that? Well, Paul says he does that by his spirit living in you, which is why the Christian life is a life of faith because you you constantly have to cling and hold on to the hope that the spirit who began this good work in you will bring it one day to completion, who will do it. So you'd be foolish to think that if he started it, you suddenly have to finish it and have to perfect your own life by your own work and effort, which is not the case. Well, talk to me about this. Like, okay, is by faith, it's through the spirit, it's God's grace. Like that sounds wonderful. I mean, would that it be so, right? I would love for that. But as I'm thinking about just trying to be a good father, be a better husband, you know, battles within dwelling sin, whatever it is, how do I live that out in my my Christian life? Mm-hmm. Like, in some ways, that sounds really uh, right. It sounds great, but mm-hmm. I don't. How do I? I think this is Scott Smithism. Put feet to it, right? How do I how do I live this out? How do I live out faith? How do I live out being empowered by the Spirit to live this Christian life? How do I do that? Well, let me just start by saying it this way: anything good that comes out of our life, any good effort, any good work, any good fruit that comes that is honoring and pleasing to the Lord is not because of our own efforts, but only because of the Holy Spirit in and through us. That's that's the absolutely fundamental reality of the Christian life. Yes. So whether whether you're recognizing it as a Christian or not, theologically, biblically, we Mm. know this to be true. 
And we ought, we probably ought to remind ourselves of that more often so that we're not tempted to take credit. I mean, that's why Paul will say over and over, he says in, in, uh, in Corinthians that um, th- this is the work of God so that no one may boast. And so nobody, so not only your life beginning as a Christian, but your full life lived as a Christian, we don't get to boast in anything we do because ultimately the strength and the ability and the power to, to live out what we say we believe is only accomplished through the Holy Spirit. So Paul later in Galatians is going to get to what a life filled with the Spirit looks like. Mm-hmm. Called the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. We won't go into that now because it's coming later. You'll just have to come back to mm. hear more about that. But uh, here, I'll give you a very practical example. All right. We're, we're having dinner the other night. And, uh, you know, we've got three boys, John. And believe it or not, they, they, uh, they fight and argue and even wrestle from time to time. They get frustrated. And can I just press pause here? Yeah. Uh, as the father of only one son and a daughter, you know who gets wrestled with? Yeah. Not, not the children. I get attacked. You do. I get attacked. And have you taught your boys to at least attack each other? Yeah, but the the very now they say they like to say this, Dad. It's three against one now. It's three against one now. We've hmm. we've got you. We can take you. Hmm. Uh, which they never will be able to. But that's neither here nor there. And we're talking to one of our sons, and we're saying, look, look, you 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 uh, you threw a swing at your brother. I mean, this this is a legitimate conversation. You threw a swing at him. Um. Like- like through a punch, like took a swing or like the swing that you no, no. swing. Like a swing set. <laughs> yeah. It was still connected to the, to the thing, but he, he heaved it at him pretty good. All right. And we're sitting here trying to explain to him how in the moment that he's about to let this thing fly at his brother, he could overcome the frustration and make a better decision. And honestly, as my wife and I are sitting there talking to him, we just we have to say, look, we know you're mad. We know you're angry. And in your own, you, you would want to throw that at him. But the right choice would be not to. And the only way that you can do that is if God helps you. I mean, in that moment, the only way you can do that is if God helps you. This is true for a child seven-year-old, five-year-old, three-year-old, whoever it is, as it is for an adult, that the only way we can, this is what Galatians is all about in in one way. I say Mm -hmm. all about, it's about a lot of things, but this is one of the the points. We've been set free by Christ, Yes, which means we're free to be who God has called us to be. And the only way that we as human beings can ultimately and truly be who God has called us to be is if God helps us, is if he gives us the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, the work of the Spirit in our lives. And I really do think it's one of God's graces to us to see the futility of fighting sin in our own strength. Like when you get to the point where you say, yeah, I can't overcome my anger at my brother in my own strength. When you get to the point where you say, I can't overcome this sin, this addiction, this problem in my marriage, whatever it is, this selfishness. Like, I just don't know how I can stop it. Mm-hmm. I need help. I, I really do think that's God's grace when we come to the end of our rope like that and say, if this is going to change, it has to be the spirit in me because left to myself, there is no way I have the strength, the ability, the power to fight this. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yet Paul will say in Ephesians one, 
we have that same power, the spirit who raised Christ from the dead is at work in us. That's exactly and, right. and that's what Paul he's highlighting here. Like the spirit is at work. I think that's why Paul, why, um, you know, he'll continue in his ministry to be so adamant about uh, the, the sin's loss of power over us, you know, as if sin is personified, but, to, but really, I mean, as if to say we're no longer a slave to sin, um, as in our former lives outside of Christ, we are. We, we may be able to do some things, you know, we may be able to, to temper in some ways, but we can never be, we're, we're, we'll never be free to truly be who we were created to be so long as we are enslaved to sin. And I think you have to have a strong doctrine of sin to understand that. Because if you think sin is just your outward action, we can, you can change behavior. There are a lot of great ways to change your behavior and modify yeah. your behavior. Yeah. But when we start to see that sin is about our heart, it's about our attitude, our disposition, and we'll get to those fruit of the spirit. It's like, well, I can change behavior, but I can't change my heart. That's right. And it, what is sin is not just the external behavior, but it's we're taught that we need the right act in accordance to God's will, but it has to proceed from a heart of faith. It has to proceed for the glory of God. And when you start understanding sin at that level and what God requires at that level, then there, there's really no there's no possible way we could do that on our own. Yep. That's exactly right. Hey, uh, you asked me a question about the Holy spirit and that just kind of set me off talking about it. Cause it's a great thing for us to be. I, I always need to hear more about that personally in my life, but all right. So I got to ask you one more thing before we go. Okay. It's got to be quick, but I can't get over this verse in Galatians three. When Paul says in three, eight, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. How does that help us understand what God uh, has accomplished in Christ, God's long, long-term plan, what he would accomplish, and what scripture itself in the Old Testament has been leading us to see? How long do I have to answer that? You got to answer. How many, how many questions was that? That uh, was like one question said three different ways. Yeah, so I think one, you see that like the good news of Jesus Christ, his gospel, this this plan to send Christ to redeem a people for God's own possession isn't just something. It's not a wild hair idea. It's not this half-baked idea that God came up with sort of midway through our through human existence on earth. I thought, you know what? They're just not going to figure it out. Like I'm going to give them these laws on, uh, on Mount Sinai. And look, I I've done everything I can for them. They're not going to figure it out. I'm going to have to send my son now. It's like, no, from right. Clearly. I mean, this is the gospel beforehand to Abraham. That's right. Before, and as Paul is going to make clear in this letter, right before even the law will come, God has this plan. That's right. And as you read the rest of the New Testament, it becomes clear that this is God's plan before the foundation of the world, mm -hmm. that he would come and send, that he would send his son to be the king, to bring his kingdom to bear so that God's people, you know, can live 
in God's place under God's rule and experience God's blessing, right? That's what he's going to send his son to do. And that's been the plan. And so when he makes these promises to Abraham, this is, he has in mind Christ. That's right. Uh, and so I think it's remarkable to see that God has had this plan and you, then you can see how it's unfolding in the old Testament, mm. but also as we'll see next week, uh, as you preach through three ten and through 14, what is, are there three or four old Testament quotations here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And several. I think what Paul's leading into here with verse eight is like, Hey, when you go to the old Testament, when you read the old Testament, you need to read it in light of Christ. Yep. I mean, you go read Genesis 12 and 18 that, that Paul's citing here in verse eight. Uh, what you're not going to see is the word gospel. Uh, you're not going to see Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. You're not going to see those. You're, you're not going to hear those words. But what Paul is saying is that you have to read scripture with the whole in view. That's right. And we have to know this is one of those times where you need to read the end of the book first. That's right. You need to read the end of the mystery. And then as you go back, you're going to see all the clues and how it leads to, to that conclude that glorious conclusion. And so when we get into three, 10 and 14, Paul's going to show us how the old Testament highlights the gospel. And is really this unfolding good news of God's plan of redemption. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's remarkable. And, uh, and it's why, you know, that's why we've been so focused on the gospel through the series, through the, the year, but the, no other gospel. I mean, so all the ways that Paul has been trying to show the good news, literally gospel, good news. Here's the good news. The good news is that God has caused you to become his child because of his work, your faith in Christ Jesus alone. There's no other gospel. If you add something to it, that's not good news. And the gospel also is the good news for the rest of your life because by the work of the spirit, he continues to do in you what he has promised to do among his people by his work. And also, by the way, in this text, we're reminded the gospel, it's not, not, not something new. This has been God's plan for the good news from before creation existed from before Abraham, before the law was given, this was the good news that God would do among you. It's just, over and over and over again, we're being reminded how good this good news really is. It's a great verse. I couldn't get out without talking about that one. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad you did. Uh, yeah, powerful passage. And boy, Galatians is great. Great stuff. It's been really good. Yeah. It's been a great study. Uh, look forward to talking more about it next time. You'll just have to come back because next time we're going to talk about what Christ has done. I'm trying to think of a, I really wanted to draw him back. Next week's going to be really you good. You got to work on your radio teases. I know. We both Next week's going to be really Is there good. like a radio broadcasting class we could go to? We should take it. Just come back. John, here, okay, here it is. Mm. John will have his new microphone, and I can't wait for you to hear what he sounds like. How about that? <laughs> I'll even deliver it to your office. All right, we got to go. Thanks so much for listening, and John, thank you for your time. Thanks, Tyler. Talk to you later.